0: Good morning, Pyle. Jim along with cake. For a whole week. A whole week of cake. You're going to have cake and you're going to like it. Have your cake and eat it, too. <laughs> All week long, right here on the Jim Davis Show. Buckeye Boy on vacation. Let's see. Wow. Tyler Bass. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. bringing he, back oof. memories of Scott Norwood. Oof. Oh.
1: Sorry, Bills fans, to trigger your PTSD there, but... Uh, woof. Woof. And of course, of course, it was set up with Jim Nance
0: saying, because he well, had a... Would, would you like me to play it? Uh Because I, I, I have it. You have the full? <laughs> I have the majority of it, yes. Jim Nance, I've got the setup that you're alluding to. Here's Jim Nance, CBS, on the missed field goal by the Bills.
1: He has tremendous support in the building. If he has to make one for us, the game on the line, he will. 44 yards, Bass. No, he doesn't make it. Wide, right. Wow. The two most dreaded words in Buffalo. Oh. You can hear Tony Roma go, oh,
0: Jim, don't say that. Don't. He has tremendous
1: support in the Bills' locker room. If he has to make one, and when the game's on the line, when uh, the game was literally on, on the line, line oh. yikes. Oh. I have to wonder, because oh. we, t- we talk about it in our circle all the time, about the broadcaster's jinx. It's the... He's perfect from the free throw line. And he missed that one. It's, you know, or hasn't missed a field goal in blah, blah, blah attempts.
0: Missed that one left, you know. But but how many times, though, do you say that, like, he's 5 for 5 or 10 for 10, and they, and they make it? It
1: happens sometimes. Uh. So, you know, and then sometimes you get the reverse jinx, you know, where it's like, yeah, he hasn't been so great from the free throw line. And then boom. Makes bur- two of those.
0: Buries them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: I have to wonder because this is not the first time <laughs> that Jim Nance has pulled the broadcaster's jigs. I wonder if he just, he's at a point in his career. He's like, I'm Jim Nance.
0: I just embrace it, but does it qualify though? Because it's not like it he's absolutely qualifies. You know, he's, he's twenty-five for twenty-five. He's like, well, he's well, he's got confidence in the building. It's not a statistical. It's not the classic. No, but he's he's perfect from the line tonight. It was they believe in him. It probably it still falls into no. jinx territory. I will agree with you on that, but it wasn't the statistical. He's twenty-five for twenty-five. He hasn't missed since. September the, of 2021. The the issue wasn't so much
1: the statistical anomaly. The issue was he said the that, words, if he has to make it when the game is on the line, he will.
0: That, yeah, that's true. Putting that,
1: all that pressure on him. It's true. Now, was, it's it, true. was it entirely Tyler Bass's fault? I can't say for sure because that thing looked like one of my golf shots in the wind. Uh, yeah, think it's going one way, and
0: the next thing you know, it is. Hey, Josh <laughs> Allen, maybe not go for the end zone. Maybe go for the shallow cross well, pick up the first. I get it. He he had pressure. He got partially hit. And, and I get to go big or go home in that case where you, you try to make a big play. But he also had a shallow cross wide open right. underneath a much easier throw or they could have got the first down.
1: But this is Josh Allen. You don't Josh Allen did not earn the reputation of being Josh Allen for going for the easy throw. Josh Allen is I would and I I don't know how much backlash I will get for this comparison, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Josh Allen is your modern-day Brett Favre. If you buy the ticket, you ride the ride. If you want Josh Allen, you're going to get Josh Allen. You're going to get Josh Allen in all of his glory, which is supremely athletic, mobile quarterback that could run for easily two touchdowns a game, and a guy that turns the ball over a lot because what does he do? But he didn't do that yesterday, though. But part of the reason we're talking about, you know, he didn't go for the easy throw is he never goes for the easy throw. That's why he, until you know, recently, was prone for turnovers because he's a gunslinger. He's gonna go wild west, you know, pistol peed on you, and he'll (laughs) look for the end zone more often than not. But
0: that's also the part of a maturing quarterback is to realize I gotta get a first down here. We gotta get a first down. We gotta keep the drive, we gotta keep the, the we gotta keep the ball in our possession. We gotta get a first down, we gotta keep Mahomes off the field. Right. And while there's part of me that admires the chutzpah, Myers, the gunslinger thing. I've, I've I've got him in the back of the end zone, and he gets bumped. He gets hit on the play, and the ball is short. Yeah, but that's where you have to, kind of like Kenny Rogers and the Gambler. Know one to hold him, no one to fold him, no one to walk away, no one to hit somebody on a shallow cross. Check down a little bit, get the first down, keep the drive alive. Give your field goal kicker a better opportunity than what a 44 yard field goal in a, an in a gusty, you know, breezy stadium in Buffalo on a Sunday night. It's where you gotta be smart. And part of me ad- admires the guts, going to go for the big play, going to go for the dagger, going to go for the win. But sometimes you have to realize what t- time and place the situation
1: would we be Wait. saying the same thing though if he caught the touchdown? If he like converted it and scored?
0: No. Probably, no, it wouldn't. Pro- probably not unless unless Mahomes goes down and <laughs> they score because he didn't take enough time off the clock. Because they scored too quickly. But
1: see, then again, it's a, it's a sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. If they score but you to pr- get the lead but leave too much time on the clock, which we saw, was it last year, two years ago, the divisional round when they only had 13 seconds yeah. left. Doesn't matter.
0: I, I just think when, when you also got pressure in your face, and he had pressure on him, that that's a throw that you got to have a really clean pocket and you got to be able to drive the ball, particularly in a windy night like that game. That's one where you go, okay, I got a shallow cross. He's going to probably pick up the first down. Or if not, he's going to be close and we can make the decision if it's fourth and one. Do we go for it? Probably, you know, i or do you kick the field goal? It, like I said, it's it's a tough decision because you want you want the dagger, you want the big play, you want you want to go down, score the touchdown, right, and grab the lead. And but sometimes the circumstance doesn't lend itself to that, and that's where you know overall though, I mean, Josh Allen. Isn't the reason they lost necessarily? It's uh, no, their defense didn't I mean,
1: play great. They I mean, had
0: 106 yard, 186 yards in a touchdown through the air. He had 72 on the ground and two rushing touchdowns. I mean, he counted for all their touchdowns in the game. Yeah, they don't win. They don't. They're
1: not in that game without Josh. They Challenge. don't have a prayer because again, it gets back to some their defense made Kansas City look. Better than they've been most all season.
0: Well, they got they got fairly balanced receiving numbers. Kelsey had seventy five yards. He had the two touchdowns. the people, oh, he's done. He's old and he's done. No, he's not done. You're thinking of his brother. Yeah, who? <laughs> You see, Jason Kelsey ripping the shirt off. He was having a good time, man. Oh, he was having he was, a blast. He was having a blast in Buffalo.
1: <laughs> Eric, um, I can't remember where I saw it. It might have been awful announcing. It was, I think the headline was "Podcast Host Enjoying Himself at Brother's Football Game." And there's the picture of Jason Kelsey. Oh,
0: it's, it, it was it was priceless. I mean, it was. Of of what? <laughs> you gotta love, you gotta love it, man. Oh, uh, it was fantastic. Oh. Uh, I just yeah, watching Jason Kelsey do that was was hilarious. I'm trying to find the find the drop from oh uh, gosh. Um South Park movie, not the South Park movie, the South Park Raiders, Parker and Stone no. Basketball. You think you're excited? <laughs> you should see see these nipples. Let's try to find that one. The oh so Michaels God. or Costas? I forgot who said that. I I can't remember. I, I think it, I think it's Bob Costas, but it was that's. I kind of thought of that when I saw the the uh, the shot of Jason Kelsey, right? Oh, uh, anyway, um, so reaction to yesterday and, and the weekend's games. San Francisco, boy, I got lucky. Got real lucky. The, green Green Bay's for real. Who had a
1: worse game though? Tyler Bass or Anders Carlson? <laughs> Who had a worse weekend? <laughs> Cause because Anders Carlson, his team had the lead, and he missed a field goal, which gave San Francisco the chance to not just get a tie if they scored a touchdown, but they actually get the lead. Whereas Tyler Bass, his field goal was to tie the game. To tie the game, yes. And he missed it wide right, which we all know from history. Those are two words you don't say out loud in Buffalo. No, no. That's like, you know, that's like saying Voldemort. Yeah, you just, you can't say it out loud.
0: But you, yeah, you just cannot. Boy, I... It's a push on that, (laughs) I think. It's a push. <laughs> it's it's not great. Sorry, Anders. But man, the, the miss. I mean, at least at least in the case of Tyler Bass, weather conditions were even though he's he used to be he's used to kicking in those kind of conditions. Right. Certainly were not favorable to him. Weather wasn't terrible in San Francisco. It wasn't horrible. So, um. I, I would, I don't know. I I would I would say it's a push on that a little bit. That's at least my thoughts.
1: Hey, Pile, if you have your thoughts, text it into the team line nine seven zero two four two thirteen
0: forty. Yeah. So anyway, we got Baltimore, Kansas City, San Will Francisco, be. Detroit, and I, I've got my feelings about Baker Mayfield are ever ever-evolving. At mm-hmm. uh, times, I've felt like he's a cocky punk, not a fan. times, I, I've... i Particularly with the commercials he did with his wife when he was a... Oh, the progressive, progressive commercials? Were, ...were great. Made me kind of go, okay. Baker at a, home. Okay, Baker at home's kind of fun. I felt bad for him yesterday because he played really well in that, that pick at the end of the game because you just see how utterly devastated he was yeah how crushed he was that he knew the game was over and and they gave the lions everything they could handle after losing to him 20 to 6 at home during the regular season but i was still for detroit not a big fan of detroit the city not a huge michigan fan period of any any team that comes from michigan but i've I have a soft spot for the Detroit Lions. I do. I,
1: they're right. they're my when 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 the Denver Broncos were officially eliminated, I say, okay, who who do we know for sure is going into the playoffs that i that I feel comfortable rooting for? It is, and it's Dan yeah. Campbell in the Fight and bite kneecap. And, and
0: and it probably goes back to when I was uh, I was in junior high. I read the book Paper Lion. The mm. George Plumpton book. I strongly recommend if you've not read Paper Lion because it's one of the first kind of participatory journalistic endeavors, right. or in bed, if you will, because he suited up and got in an exhibition game, preseason game, exhibition back then, as they right. call them, for the Lions. And he had played, no, Plimpton played, he went to like Harvard or Yale. He was an Ivy League guy, didn't play sports. He would play, they'd play touch football on occasion. He would play in a touch football game. That's... Never played high school football to my... If I remember correctly. This is the first time he ever played tackle football in his life and he was an adult. And he was in an NFL locker room <laughs> with guys like Alex Carris, Not the most agreeable guys in the world. No. Just being in a 60s locker room and you're a, a journalist. Not well received. No. And... But it was... it's a, It's a great book because... He he's there and he's he's learning the plays and and he's he is part of what they're doing. He's obviously not going to make the roster or anything, but the, the Lions gave him today un- incredible unfettered access. He was part of the team and played in a preseason game. And so I read that book and so I've I always had like a little soft spot for the Detroit Lions a little bit. You know, long suffering franchise. Know some folks that are Lions fans like. One of our super P ones, Jim, is a diehard Lions fan, mm-hmm. and so um, I was I was rooting for them yesterday. By no means will I go get now, gear. You will not see me sport Lions gear. Never going to happen. But I'm I'm hoping they go to San Francisco and pull off an upset on Sunday.
1: Well, now, so here's the you've heard the conspiracy theory though, right? No, I've not. Okay, so the. And, and and the the joke, of course, is that the NFL is scripted and that it's all fake. And you know, say the same thing
0: about the NBA. And yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So the the conspiracy theory, or the I guess the the cousin to, or the evidence that supports that broader conspiracy of it's all fake. If you look back at the last two Super Bowl logos, the the one you know the patches they wear and the the right the whole logo thing. You will notice that the color schemes match up with the teams that are playing Aww. in them. And they make those logos long before the season yeah. or long before the game actually starts. So last year, you had like a green and red shade, and who played? Chiefs and Eagles. Chiefs and Eagles, green and red. Year before, it was kind of an orange and yellow color scheme thing going. Who played? Rams and Bengals. This year, it's like a purple and red color scheme. Who are the two favorite number one seeds right now playing in the NFC Championship game and AFC Championship game, respectively? Baltimore Ravens, purple, and the San Francisco 49ers,
0: red. So the NFL is going to be that blatant about rigging games? Cause why not? So, so it'll fit with her color scheme. <laughs> why not? If you're gonna do it, do
1: it. Oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so. are, you, are you are you buying into this? I mean no, uh-huh. yes, oh, yes and no. I don't know. I'll I'll see it when I believe it. Or I'll believe uh, it when okay. I see it.
0: Cake, my man. Okay.
1: If listen. <laughs> If Baltimore and San Francisco are your two teams competing for the NFL's coveted Lombardi trophy, mm-hmm. I might have some questions. Now we don't have anything
0: to worry okay, about. Well, we'll see. Well, I, I, okay. I, I, <laughs> I, sure.
1: <laughs> oh, Listen, man, I don't fall into many a conspiracy theory, just oh, in general. Like we're a wash
0: of that these days.
1: It's, it, we are totally, what? yeah. I, I like to live life where truth matters and truth is generally pretty consistent. I'm, I'm a big fan of the truth. I am a huge fan of the truth myself. I don't really like to dive into conspiracy theories of things that actually matter. Sports conspiracy theories,
0: 100% I'm in. You haven't booked Rogers for later, have you? Oh, God, no. We're not paying him, are we? We we don't we don't have enough. <laughs> we don't have that kind of money
1: anyway to we begin with. We could pay
0: him enough for 30 seconds to be on this show. And again, if we, that's... If we chose to do that to begin with, which we wouldn't.
1: That's conspiracy crap about <laughs> stuff that, like, actually matters. You know, people's lives and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Sports? This is
0: just... I will
1: totally embrace sure. a sports conspiracy Why theory. Not? Why not? Because it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Yeah.
0: All right, seven nineteen. We got a busy show today. Oh, your reaction to uh, the game you saw yesterday? Who do you like heading to this weekend? Who are you rooting for this weekend? Uh, obviously, I was pulling for, for the Bills for our late friend Buffalo Mark. That
1: didn't, uh, unfortunately, uh, pan unfortunately, out. Unfortunately.
0: Uh, uh, Buffalo Mark is up there going, not not again, not again. Like, come <laughs> on, not again. Wide God. right, oh, wide oh right. Goodness. Part the. I uh, when when Bassman said, I'm going. Here's where Mark would have fired off a text to me <laughs> with with some classic Buffalo Mark kind of isms. <clears throat> it's like, yeah, jam that, that doesn't surprise me. That's on brand. That's yeah. Oh. That is that you're talking about on brand. That's on brand. Yeah. That is peak on brand. Oh, and also, um, this morning and you're going to have it for sound check. One of, uh, one of the great Colorado broadcasters. Absolutely. Who we were, uh, we were blessed to have on the program uh, a few times. Don't remember the exact count of a uh, number of times. Larry Zimmer was on the program with us, but, uh, Uh, Growing up, listening to the Broncos, Bob Martin, Larry Zimmer, first Super Bowl back in 77-78 season, and uh, all the Buffs games that Larry Zimmer called. Mark Johnson referenced uh, Larry Zimmer, a dear friend of his. Of course, Mark replaced Larry Zimmer as the the voice of the Buffaloes, and um, Mark talked about him quite a bit. You should maybe grab some of that audio from from Mark if you you can uh, at some point this morning. Uh, tyler because he he spent some time talking about larry zimmer uh larry not passed yet uh when we talked to mark on thursday but uh, but larry zimmer uh passing away uh, this weekend at the age of 88 and um also um not looking good for for bob cates we're gonna talk with his wife linda gates uh, bob cates from frugal monument boys basketball coach chass assistant commissioner is going to go into the the uh, Wildcat Hall of Fame on February second. Um, Linda was supposed to join us today, but uh, Bob had lapsed into a coma. I do not know mm-hmm. Bob's status right now, but uh, certainly did not look good. But uh, she was going to join us this morning, but sadly um, cannot because of what's what's going on. But uh, but anyway, you're going to have uh, some Larry Zimmer coming up a little bit uh, with sound check. So let's uh, dive into. What's happening? And you got some thoughts, comments, criticisms on the team line today, 970-242-1340. All right, the NFL Conference Championship games are set. Baltimore Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs will score out for the AFC title. The San Francisco 49ers will host the Detroit Lions for the NFC title. Uh, the Saturday games of the divisional rounds saw the Ravens win 34-10 over the Texans and over San Francisco Picking off Packers quarterback Jordan Love to seal the victory of the 24-21 victory on Sunday despite a three-touchdown performance from Bucks quarterback Baker Mayfield. Detroit held off Tampa Bay 31-23 to advance the NFC Championship game for the second time in franchise history. Lions quarterback Jared Goff threw for two touchdowns in the win. In Buffalo, two words that haunt Bills fans wide right reared its ugly head as Tyler Bass missed a potential game-tying 44-yard field goal with less than two minutes to go. Kansas City will advance their sixth straight AFC Championship game with a 27-24 win of the Bills, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes threw for two touchdowns. You can catch the uh, NFL Conference Championship game starting at noon this Sunday on the Team Sports Network. It was a clean sweep this weekend for the Denver Nuggets. Friday, the Nuggets handled the Boston Celtics their first loss at home this season with a 102-100 victory. Then on Sunday, Denver took down the much maligned Washington Wizards, 113-104. Nikola Jokic scoring 42 points and grabbing 12 rebounds. Coach Mike Malone liked what he saw this past weekend.
2: I think this started after our loss in Philly, to be honest with you. A game that we felt we should have won, and we let we let, kind of let go. And the message to our team at that point was, I told them, you know, all right, we gave one away tonight. Let's go up there and give them their first loss. That was our expectation, to come in here and get a win. And the guys found a way to do that. So I'm very proud of our group.
0: Nuggets Nuggets challenging road trip continues the game at Indiana tomorrow. Then a visit to the New York Knicks on Thursday. You can catch Thursday's game uh, with the Knicks on the Team Sports Network pregame at 5 o'clock for that one from Madison Square Garden. Logan O'Connor's first career hat-trick propelled the Avalanche to a 7-4 win over the Flyers on Saturday in Philadelphia. Nathan McKinnon had five points, putting him on top of the AHL's points leaderboard for the first time in his career. Kale McCarr recorded his 300th career point, becoming the second fastest defenseman to do it behind the legendary Bobby Orr. After the game, coach Jared Bednar liked what he saw from his Roaring Twenties line. Obviously, the Colton line had a great night. O.C.'s first hat trick, which is nice to
1: see Nate give it up. I think he could have had a hat trick on that, too. But he hit five points. Colton
0: has four assists. A couple nice plays by Wood. Those guys were difference makers for us tonight in the right way. Avs have two games at home before the All-Star break, then back on the road for a six-game road trip. Other avalanche news ahead of the NHL All-Star game. Nathan McKinnon was named a team captain, Cale McCarr was named an alternate captain. As we mentioned, legendary Colorado sportscaster Larry Zimmers passed away at the age of 88. He was part of the Denver Broncos radio broadcast and also the uh, play-by-play voice of the CU Buffalo's football and basketball broadcast started his career at KOA back in 1971. The Colorado Mason women's basketball team swept the RMAC South Dakota schools. Friday night was a defensive heavy game, but CME's three-point shooting carried them to a 53-51 win over the Yellow Jackets. And on Saturday... CMU won on a 12 to nothing run late in the fourth quarter to pull away from South Dakota Mines, 71 to 58. Coach Taylor Wagner says he liked what he saw to finish the weekend, even if it wasn't their best.
1: I'm just glad we had enough minutes at the end to kind of finish it out. It looked like we were the team that drove five hours. When you have those big games on Friday, and it's all you're always susceptible to have a letdown on Saturday night, and we had that for about 35 minutes. I'm just glad the girls played hard the last little bit.
0: The Maverick men's basketball team also dominated this weekend. The eighth-ranked Mavericks getting wins against Black Hills State and South Dakota Mines. Friday night, Mac Renneker recorded his 1,000th career point as part of an 80-57 win over Black Hills State. Renneker and Trevor Baskin each had a double-double against Yellow Jackets. Then on Saturday, Carbon Mesa took down South Dakota Mines 81-56, shooting over 50% from beyond the arc. Coach Mike DeGeorge said a strong first half Saturday was the key. Good to see us get off to a good start and finish half strong. We're able to build the lead and we're feeding more off of our defense now over these last couple of weeks and been holding teams down and then just a matter of time, when are those shots going to fall? And then we're able to go on runs and it happened tonight in the first half, which is great to see. Both Maverick basketball teams home Friday night for the Blizzard and Browns and presented by Coca-Cola. Coverage on the team CMU Sports Network starts with the women at 515 Mental tippet at 7.30. It's presented by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. The Fruita Monument boys basketball team remains unbeaten after a pair of wins over the weekend. The 16-0 Wildcats opened defense of their Southwestern League title with a 61-44 home win over Grand Junction. Friday night, Jet Wells and Austin Reed each scored 14 points apiece in the win. The Tigers' Declan Lake posted a game-high 15. Saturday, Fruita knocked off Battle Mountain 70-28 for their best start in the max preps era. Jet Wells scored 21 points to lead the Wildcats, who host Montrose tomorrow night. On the team sports network after their loss to Fruta. Grand Junction dropped 0 2 in league with a 54 40 home loss to Durango. Tigers will Applegate scored 10 points as Grand Junction falls to 10 5. Central Boys basketball team is 2 0 in league after defeating Durango 51 39. The Warriors' Asher Carter led Central with 10 points as they improved to 8 6 overall. Warriors host Grand Junction tomorrow night on the Team Sports Network's full-court coverage. Palisade lost to Gloonwood Springs, 62-51 on Friday. The Bulldogs Hunter Howard scored 13 points as Palisade slips to 6-10 overall, 0-1 in the Western Slope League. Montrose, a winner Saturday against Eagle Valley, 50-35. Red Caleb Ferguson exploded for a game-high 30 points as Montrose moves to 11-2 and overall. Montrose plays at Fruto Monument tomorrow night. On the Team Sports Network. The Delta Boys split in their weekend games in 4-A Western Slope League action. The Panthers lost it on to Aspen 58-55 on Friday, but bounced back with a 71-63 win at Moffat County Saturday. Delta improves to five and eight overall. They're three and two in league. They play basalt Friday on the Monkeys Highway 50 game of the week. Pruno Monument Girls basketball teams on a four-game winning streak. After wins on Friday and Saturday, the Wildcats open defense of their Southwestern League championship with a 58-15 home win. Friday over Grand Junction, Liv Campbell scored a game high 21 points to pace for with Harper Young's five points lead of the Tigers. The last drops Grand Junction to 4 9 overall, 0 1 in league. Wildcats improved to 12 2 after beating Battle Mountain 75 18 Saturday. Wildcats' Liv Campbell scored 14 points. They host Montrose Tuesday on the Team Sports Network. Central girls moved to 2 0 in league with their 52 33 home win over Durango. The Warriors host Grand Junction tomorrow night on the Team Sports Network. Palisade girls open. 5A Western Slope League action with, a, with Friday's 51-31 win at Glenwood Springs. Bulldogs are 11-5 overall. Montrose moved to 10-3 with their 54-16 home win over Eagle Valley. The Red Hawks' Macy Oberg led the way at 15 points as Montrose plays at Fruita Monument tomorrow. On the team, Delta girls moved to 4-0 in the 4A Western Slope League with their 56-47 win at Moffat County Saturday. Panthers are 9-4 as they play at Basalt Friday. Catch that game on the Monkeys Highway 50 game of the week this Friday we monument wrestling team at two champions of this past weekend's North Glen Norse uh, Invitational. Wildcats 120-pounder Gage Chelowitzki and 144-pound Oren Meese claimed titles. Central's 150-pound Hassan Maines lost his first match of the season and a one-point loss in the championship match at North Glen. Palisade competed at the Fight at the Fork at North Fork High School. Bulldogs 120-pounder Caden Mulford won the title in his weight class. And that's... What's happening? And it's brought to you by ComWest, your technology service partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. One call, one team, one goal, helping your business grow with network support. They can also install a new business phone system or improve your surveillance. Call them today at ComWest, 970-242-8142 or go to comwestcorp.com. Coming up next, Central Boys coach John Sedanich. It's the good, the bad, the ugly. Tell us what makes your list today on the team line. 970-242-1340. First of all, it's hilarious. Warp,
1: twisted individuals. Yes. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, The Team. Talking Central Boys basketball with Coach John Sedanich on The Team.
0: John Sedanich brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison. Call this team of licensed professionals. At nine seven zero two four one zero zero seven eight, John Sedanich joins us. Good morning, John. How are you? Good, Jim. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Doing well. Your team eight and six, uh, two and zero oh in league play. Coming off that uh, uh, nice one that you picked up Saturday against uh, the Durango Demons, and uh, Asher Carter uh, had a solid game for you, ten points to lead the way. But uh, you have to be really pleased with what you saw from your guys on the defensive and to hold them under forty points.
3: Yeah, we. Uh, um just did a nice job changing things up against them and um, really a really physical game. Uh, probably the most physical game we'll see all year uh, during is really, uh, really big, really athletic. Uh, and luckily good things happened for us for uh, Friday night.
0: Well, and I think also that you saw, you know, as I mentioned, Asher Carter had the 10 points, but pretty balanced scoring yet. You, you got eight points from Jackson Amos, uh, seven points from, from Cam Redding and, and uh, six points from Ryland Nostrand, and you know nobody besides Asher was in double figures, but but pretty balanced scoring to go along with a with a with a fine defensive effort.
3: Yeah, I think we had. Um, my son would get mad at me if I didn't throw him in there with six points, so we better throw him we, in we, there. We too. better
0: make sure that um, he makes the <laughs> list. <laughs> uh, um,
3: no, but I yeah, like you know, I think we've kind of been waiting for that game. um... From our guys where uh, we felt like that we have you know guys that can all chip in and um, I, I think we were just able to find the open man and uh, when when the guys had the opportunity they hit their shots.
0: John said "Central boys basketball coach with us so yes uh, Avery had six points I want to make sure you know want- <laughs> don't Want there to be friction at home? Gee, Dad, thanks a lot for not mentioning me. That I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear been, about that the rest of the day. Yeah, yeah. I, had a, I had a nice game. I, I, I contributed on the scoring sheet with six points. So <laughs> don't don't leave me out of the whole mix. Uh, but two and zero start to league play. Of course, you opened up with that uh, really uh, good home win against Montrose, and now you get Grand Junction. Uh, they they lost their two league games this weekend. Their opener at Fruit Monument, and then lost to Durango on Saturday. But, you know, it's going to be another uh, physical game with a, with Rylan Ostrand facing a very p- physical post player and a talented guy in Will Applegate.
3: Yeah, it uh, seems like almost every night there's, um, uh, you know, a couple of guys that, uh, you know, Rylan's got to battle against. You know, um, Kane Thornton is um, – Kane doesn't show up much on the stat sheet there for the Drango game, but he got his – first start of the season we started him just because of the durango size and he um he actually helped tremendously on the boards and just his physicality and take some of the pressure off Ryland. and uh so it's good to see him playing better right now also
0: you know will applegate uh, almost 12 points per game uh just under nine rebounds per contest and no doubt for dutch johnson he's uh, really the, the go-to guy offensively. But, but Declan Lake had the big game against uh, Ferdinand, but he had 15 points. He's averaging just oh. under nine points oh. per game. So it's it's not just Will Applegate. Declan Lake is, and also um, Andrew Henderson is a guy that, that provides some size and some length uh, for that basketball team as well, John.
3: Yeah, they, um, you know, I think, you know, they do try to run things through Will, and uh, it just seems like they they're – very opportunistic. Their guards seem to hit uh big shots when they need them and uh so I you know it's a it's a tough balance. You know you have to slow well down but uh, you also can't uh leave guys open like that one. So yeah, you know, it's gonna be a uh gonna be a fun game and uh, just yeah, new challenge every week. I feel like uh this is our um annual NBA schedule. We got Junction Tuesday, Palisade Thursday um, go to Eagle Saturday and then turn around and go to Montrose on Tuesday. So, um, this is going to be a, going to
0: have to be ready to go tomorrow. A heck of a busy schedule for you right now. John Sedanich, coach of the Central Boys basketball team, with us on the team. Uh, Dutch Johnson back at the helm at Grand Junction, uh, replacing Isaac Madison as the coach. What have you seen, John, in terms of differences of what, what Isaac did as opposed to what Dutch is, is doing once again as the head coach?
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's a tough question. I think, <laughs> you know, um, Isaac did a, a great job there for a long time. And, um, you know, the first, I feel like this is, uh, Dutch and Dutch and I had uh, a couple battles back when his first tenure at Junction and I was, I think I was finishing my first tenure at Central. And so, uh, this will be a kind of a renewed, renewed rivalry for us. And, always have a lot of respect for Dutch and um, how hard he gets his kids to work. So I'm uh, looking forward to
0: tomorrow night. All right, should be a great night of basketball tomorrow night. It's part of our full court coverage. We'll have Central hosting Grand Junction and Montrose at Fruita Monument. You can hear it uh, on 101.1 FM, 1340 AM here in the Valley, 102.1 along Highway 50. Our coverage starts at 5 o'clock tomorrow night. We'll have coverage of both, as I mentioned, Central hosting Grand Junction and Fruita Monument hosting Montrose tomorrow night on the team. John, appreciate the time. Thanks for uh, carving out a spot for us this morning. We appreciate it.
3: Yeah, no problem, Jim. Good talk to you guys.
0: Likewise, take care. John Sedanich, coach of the Central Boys basketball team, off to a 2-0 start in league play, hosting Grand Junction tomorrow night. All right, time for sound check.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of
0: you to stop what you're doing and listen
1: All right, I felt it was only appropriate for Check today that we uh, relive a couple of calls because there's just so many that we could pull through from Larry Zimmer's career in Colorado sports. So the two that I picked, I think, embody a pretty good sample of what his career meant in terms of just how impactful and much of a legacy he had. So the first one is of the first ever, I believe, first ever touchdown catch that Rod Smith had in his career. And the second one is Rashawn Salam, 2,000 yards en route to the Heisman Trophy.
2: Here with six seconds to go, feeling it is outside of Elam's range. Elway's in the shotgun, steps up in the pocket, looking long. Here goes the pass. Rod Smith up.
3: He got it. Rod goes with.
2: Here is the give to Salam. Salam to the outside. He's down to-
1: just i mean a, a a titan in colorado sports and colorado sports broadcasting and our hearts go out to his family and, absolutely and to and and also to a friend of the show mark johnson he did a absolutely fantastic tribute if you want to watch it it gets on the buffs tv youtube channel and he just talks about his friend larry that's yeah.
0: You know? Spent a lot of time with Larry in the hospital, the, the final days of, of Larry Zimmer's life. And, and Larry, uh, 26 years, as a Broncos broadcaster, both uh, play-by-play in color, and then part of 50 college football seasons with the Buffaloes, survived by his wife Bridget, son uh, Lawrence III, his daughter Tracy, and granddaughter Shannon. So, uh, And he was on our program uh, several times and just always a delight, a, a true gentleman and a fantastic broadcaster, uh, the late uh, Larry Zimmer passing away this weekend, his past weekend at the age of 88. All right, uh, more high school basketball talk coming up in just a moment. Also, it's Monday. The good, the bad, the ugly. Something on your list from uh, the Divisional Weekend. You can send that to us today on the team line 970-242-1340. Up next, Montrose Boys Coach Ryan Vohringer joins us on the Jim Davis Show.
1: I'm the morning guy. I have a Facebook group 16 members some call it a fan page I don't know. Oh, oh hell yeah the Jim Davis show on Colorado's sports leader the team get in the huddle with Montrose boys basketball coach Ryan Voringer
0: on the team and Ryan Voringer, brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078 Ryan Vorringer and his uh, Redhawks, eleven and two right now, zero and one in the Southwestern League. But looking to even up that record when they play at Fruitland Monument tomorrow night. He joins us on the team line. Good morning, Ryan. Appreciate it. Morning, Jim. How are things up in Grand Junction? Things are good today. Things are pretty good, and uh, of course, you'll you'll be in in the valley tomorrow when uh, your Redhawks play at Fruitland Monument. We'll dive into that in just a moment. But uh, good win against Eagle Valley, fifty to thirty-five on, on Saturday for won one. Uh, two out of your last three after that loss to Central to open up league play, Ryan and. Well, Caleb Ferguson, uh, exploded. Had a huge game, 30 points for you in that win against Eagle Valley. Uh, a lot of things going right for, for your big post player in that win against the Devils.
2: Yeah, and Caleb played extremely well. He's just so efficient from the field. I mean, 12 for 16, stepped out and hit a three, and five for five from the free throw line. He just, he just does a great job of making himself active, and he's just hard to guard down there. So he's, he's a huge asset for us.
0: You, you look at uh, who else, you know, he was the only one that was in double figures. Uh Cooper Ross had had eight points for you as well in that game. But uh, uh Caleb certainly uh you know he was the guy that, that led the way, no doubt about it. But uh, uh others uh, I'm I'm sure you felt like uh, made their contributions maybe on the glass or on the defensive end.
2: Yeah, Cooper played well. I thought Breck and Huddle did a nice job defensively, guarding the perimeter because they're perimeter oriented team. Uh had a had a sophomore step in, CJ Rocco play well. Just some guys stepping up, and we're going to have to have multiple guys step up down the stretch here, especially tomorrow night at Fruta, because I know Coach Wells isn't going to let Caleb score 30 with, with the way he prepares, and he's got DT down there. and We're going to have to make shots in the perimeter against Fruda because they're not going to let Caleb go for 30. I'm, I'm going to call that one right now. So,
0: Well, that'll be your prediction for, for tomorrow night, that that's not going to happen. It should be a great matchup uh, with the Wildcats tomorrow night. We're talking with Montrose Redhawks boys coach, Ryan Voringer, after that loss at Central uh, back on the 9th, uh, Ryan, you've won, as I mentioned, two out of three, uh, had that loss to to Glenwood Springs. But uh, what's been kind of the message ever since that Central loss? What are some things you've tried to, to get your guys to buy into maybe more after that loss to the Warriors?
2: Well, we're, like I've been saying since from day one, we're trying to get more guys score. I mean, especially from the perimeter, a lot of teams are starting to pack it in and double, and even triple-team Caleb inside, so... In those two losses, we didn't shoot the ball well from the perimeter. We got great looks. The ball wasn't going in the basket. So the key for us is we got to make perimeter shots where teams have to step out and guard us from the perimeter and that opens stuff up inside for Caleb. Because if we don't, then it just makes it harder on him. So a lot of the key for us, Jim, is just making shots from the perimeter and opening up, open up the inside for Caleb.
0: And I think what you saw in the Palisade game is more what you're looking for, Ryan, with, with Caleb had 16 points, but and Hutto had 12 points. Uh, Jackson Katner had, had 13 points for you. I mean, it's you had a couple other guys in, in double digits. Just getting somebody else to be that, that secondary in that third score for you to take some pressure off, Caleb, is, is going to be huge if, if you're going to have a, you know, if you're going to be on a path once again to try to win, a, or be in contention to win a Southwestern League title.
2: No, you're exactly right. I mean, that's why well, the rest of these te- league teams are so well. They're so balanced. I mean, you look at Fruta, they got four guys that can score. If we can get two to three guys in double figures on top of Caleb, we're, we're much difficult. We're much better team. But again, you know, sometimes some nights the ball goes in the basket, other night it's not. We we got to find different ways to, to score from the perimeter and get the, get to the free throw line, take pressure off Caleb. So it's it's a battle. But I mean, we're getting better game in game out. It's just whether the ball goes in the basket. So I mean, it's a funny game sometimes.
0: Ryan Vohringer, coach of the Montrose Hawks boys basketball team, with us on the Team Sports Network of monument uh, coming up on on Tuesday night. Uh, you mentioned DT Daniel Thomason, uh, all league player for for Michael Wells. Uh, always a you know a tough guy that in, in the in the low post, but he's uh, tried to because of what he'll play in college. Tried to expand his perimeter game as well because he's not going to be playing uh, as a as a you know a center at, at, at the college level, not tall enough. So he's he's tried to work on his outside game and he's become a a bigger factor there. But the last couple of games. Chet Wells, Michael's son, has been really the the guy that's been leading them in scoring. He's been uh, he's been outstanding on the offensive end for the Wildcats in this sixteen and zero start.
2: Well, he's kind of their catalyst. I mean, he's a great defender. You know, he's got a great basketball IQ. You know, he's a coach's son. Again, like I said, they got him, and then I think the Orchard kid's very good. And the kid that kind of goes unnoticed a lot is is the Reed kid. I mean, he he played extremely well against Junction. They're just so hard to match up against. They have so many weapons then. On top of that, they got DT. I mean, I think DT might only have six against Junction, but you got three other guys in double figures. So you can't help off, and, and Michael does such a great job with game planning and changing defenses. I mean, they're always doing something different, and it's just hard to prepare for. So, again, it's hard to prepare for four guys that can score, and then they got two two or three guys off the bench that come in and knock shots down. They're just a well-balanced team and very
0: well coached. I know for you, Ryan, you pride your program on defense as as a cornerstone of your success and for Furto Monument last year when they won the league championship, really good offensive team, defensively okay. Uh, but Michael Wells felt like in his first year as the head coach of the boys' program, they had to get better defensively. It seems like they have really bought into that. What are you seeing on on the tape in regard to the Wildcats on the defensive end?
2: Well, they're great defensively. Like I said, Coach Wells prepares so well, and they they change defenses from man to man to the one three one, and they switch a lot of stuff on the perimeter from. You know, if you're handing the ball off or ball screens, they just have such great team speed and they're always in position and they got length. So, I mean, they make it difficult. I mean, like I said, if you don't make shots in the perimeter and they can pack it inside and switch stuff, they make it very difficult. And they're so well-prepared. Like, like, like last year, they were so they were athletic last year, but I don't think they were as well-prepared as they are this year. They're prepared for what they're going to see night in, night out.
0: What's the thing about when you watch this Ferdinand Monument team that maybe is going unnoticed? from from your vantage point that that's something that's a big a big plus for them maybe something different something they're doing better than last year that's maybe going a little bit unnoticed
2: well i think you just brought that point up i think defensively and their and preparation i think last year we could we can make some adjustments this year they're so well prepared for everything that, that you can throw at them i mean they got great perimeter defense they got dt inside and they 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 trap so well and they they switch defenses every other possession so you can't really prepare for one thing because they're going to throw so much different stuff at you that's what makes them so difficult to
0: play we're talking with the montrose red ox boys basketball coach ryan bowringer they're off to an 11 and two start a second league game coming up uh tomorrow night when they take on uh, the, the fruto moment wildcats here on the team and you can also catch that game in montrose uh, tomorrow 102.1 fm and you you opened up with that that loss at central uh the, the league certainly ryan i think you you spoke to this when we talked to you previously the league's tough this year. Uh, Junction's been playing well, but they they lost to Fruta and and then stumbled at home, uh, losing to Durango this past weekend as well. Central's off to the two zero start in league play after their win against Durango. It's uh, uh, while Fruta's right now the they're they're the lead dog at the moment uh, at sixteen and zero on the season. Their best start in uh, for them in the Max Prep era. The league just looks like it's uh, really really balanced this year and and can be uh, you know, anybody could come up with a victory on any given night.
2: Oh, you're exactly right. I think I might have mentioned this last time we spoke. Is Our goal up here is try to protect our home court, maybe steal one or two on the road. But Because you go on the road to these places, I mean, the atmosphere for that game, Junction and was unbelievable. And I'm sure it'll be that way tomorrow night. And then, you know, Dutch's crew is playing really well and great defensively. And, and Central's kind of flying under the radar. I mean, I've been saying, you know, they they got some great seniors with the rating kid. And and they're better than people think. I mean, they're very good defensively and they shoot a well. And John's doing a great job. And then, obviously, Durango. They probably got the best length and size in the entire league, and you know when you have to go go over the mountain and play down there, that that's that's never a fun place to play. So yeah, I mean we're we're trying to protect our home court and maybe steal one on the road, but it's it's a dogfight night in night out. That's what makes it fun. These atmospheres you're playing and these great coaches you're going against, that's what makes us fun. So,
0: well, looking forward to tomorrow night. Part of our full court coverage, we'll have uh, Montrose at Fruit Monument, also uh, Grand Junction at Central tomorrow night. And uh, Tyler's going to be out at uh, Central. I'll be out at Trudeau Monument tomorrow night. So, once again, uh, for the Red Hawks fans in Montrose, 102.1 FM to catch uh, the action tomorrow night with our full-court coverage on the team. Ryan, I always appreciate uh, you making time for us. Thank you, and we'll see you tomorrow. I do appreciate the coverage, man. We'll see you tomorrow night. All right, take care. Ryan Voringer, coach of the Montrose Red Hawks boys basketball team. That should be a good one tomorrow night. Uh, Caleb Ferguson, Daniel Thomas, and a couple of all Southwestern League post players going at it tomorrow night on that one uh, right here on the Team Sports Network. All right, 7.53. Jim along with Cake today. Got some uh, reaction to the the passing of Larry Zimmer. I know uh, for, Mike in Scottsdale, longtime Buffs fan, CU grad, that uh, a lot of memories certainly uh, sparked by the passing of of, uh, Larry Zimmer. Um, You know, it's uh, just if you... If you, the last 50 years in this state, you've watched sports. Last 40 years, I should say, you know, somewhere around that. Uh, Larry Zimmer probably called a game you listened to. And a big game, a big moment with with Larry Zimmer uh, on the call. Worked with Dave Logan for a while. When uh, Dave did color on the Buffs games after, of course, his uh, NFL career came to an end. Uh, one of the all-time great CU Buffs and, and Dave Logan and uh, just uh bob martin uh, larry was the color uh analyst for bob martin and bob martin to me one of the the all-time great play-by-play voices not just in colorado but one of the all-time great play-by-play voices uh that we've had in our industry uh those two teaming together they were just absolutely fantastic and bring back uh, a lot of memories all right so uh let's see we've got jim this morning good morning gentlemen cake step away from the coffee red bull monster whatever you're drinking we are going over the edge, my friend. It was Diet Coke, but uh, it's already empty, so. And he sent us a little Lion's Win gift today as well. (laughs) And we got one from Robert this morning. Speaking of paper line, a movie was made based on the book starring Alan Alda, which I've also seen as well. Uh, Frank Gifford was in the movie telling uh, Alda's character not to do it. As Gifford is speaking, the movie is showing Johnny U sustaining a deliberate hard ride hook on his face from a Cleveland defender. The movie is worth watching. It is a good film with Alan Alda
1: playing was was this pre or
0: post mash this would have been pre-mash i believe okay for the movie paper line i believe that's the case okay all right uh 755 coming up next area chance to win with the number game reaction to what you saw this weekend in the nfl chiefs six straight afc championship game they're going to it's painful painful to say that anyway your thoughts on the team line nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty.